Stu. Morning, mate. How's it going? Yeah, morning. Good and you? Back on the salt pans? Back on the salt pans, mate. It's the it's my background of choice for the benefit of the tape. Obviously, we're referring to my Zoom background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those not watching, but listening. Yeah, good man. Well I mean, done. when when people think of uh, of Botswana, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is a big, open, dry desert with nothing in it. Yeah, exactly. So nice. here we are, um, episode one, series five. Level, level of excitement, Stu. Um, one to five. Yeah, six. I think. There we go. It's nice. We're doing we're doing it a bit different this time, right? We're gonna give out some tips and talk about some personal experiences. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit disappointed we didn't call it the Tips and Trips series, but uh, it's fine. It's uh, the job will be executed. I pushed for that name. Where did it get? uh, Where did it get vetoed? Um, Julia. Tips and Trips. Ah, Jules. Okay. Nice, Jules. I mean, I think the, sen- the sensible, the sensible. Yeah, case. let's be honest. Jules is the sensible one between us, so her advice is probably the the way to go. <laughs> We're off to um, East Africa to talk about primate trekking. Uh, you might gather from the episode that there is a there's a definite focus on a, on a certain primate, um, but we'll get into that. I mean, I wanted to know from your side, Stu, because we're lucky. This is one of the trips that we've done. We freaking loved it what is your understanding of uh, of the whole primate trekking thing i mean what is what's your vibe it's limited to be honest because i you know we've bronwyn and i've always been like oh it's one of those things that we have to do you know like bron is bron's a big uh, fan of primates and and stuff so it's definitely like it's always it's one of those ones where you put it on your list that you're desperate to go to i mean i think it's permits and all of that make it quite an expensive experience but i you know everything i've known read it's it's well worth it you know i don't know the ins and outs of it i know it's quite a hectic walk that's my understanding like it's quite an adventurous experience so it's not for not for everyone um you know getting into the forests and then you, you know the a lot of the feedback that i've had from people is just like that incredible experience of being close to those gorillas and like because they're so similar to us like it's quite a profound experience gorillas and other primates are available yeah <laughs> you know it's also it's such a big experience and you know people people travel all over the world to come here it can't be just for one walk with some gorillas right i mean you got to it's, it's got to be more about the destination and more about the other regions which i think is what you you know in the bits and pieces of the discussions that we've had previously that's what it's that was what was really cool about it for you right yep yep it was a big part of my you know concern before before we did this 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 trip is is like well how can you go on safari and just do like one safari and go on one trek? And so my feeling of the whole experience before doing it was, is this like a, I don't know, um, don't know if this is a good example, but is this like a going whale watching where you go off on a boat or shark cage diving or something like this? Yeah, you'll obviously hear it's, um, a, it's a wicked experience and something everyone's got to do. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope it provides you with insight and information, Stu. I mean, I think we have our own small primate running around our house now, so we'll have to wait until he gets old <laughs> enough. Your little ape. <laughs> well, talking of our own primates, while we were out there and while I was doing the research and doing the recording, I was like, well, we're involved and we work in Southern Africa and Botswana in particular. 
we have baboons and vervet monkeys. Why, why can't we do our own um, primate tracking experiences? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, my experience of baboons, like as a camp manager many years ago, is um, challenging. So I wonder how, how it would be. Yeah, um, Maybe it's somewhere along the Cape would be good, you know, down there where those baboons are. So they, they, they proper habituated. <laughs> I feel sorry for our new listeners who are probably going, these guys, what are, they're not talking any sense here. What are they talking about? <laughs> but that, that, that was a tongue-in-cheek comment completely. Um, <laughs> there's only one experience I can actually compare to Simonstown. And we went, Jules and I went for a walk up um, up into the mountain and there was a troop of baboons there the only thing i can i can compare to that to that walk that we had was like that alfred hitchcock movie um from birds where that last <laughs> there's that last scene where finally the humans make peace with the birds and they're walking in amongst all these habituated birds that are just staring them with them with evil eyes because that's the way it was you know first i saw the baboons and i was like well I know how to behave around baboons. And so I, I went up to one of the big females and just went like, Boo! try to chase her away. She looked at me with this look of even beyond disdain. It was a, a look of disgust and boredom at the same time. It was just like, how dare you? And she didn't flinch. She just, just turned around and looked at me. We walked in and amongst these baboons, sometimes like a foot, two foot away from them as they just sat there. Fortunately, we didn't have any food or anything in our backpack, but the locals then saw us go through this sort of um, gauntlets of baboons and said, geez, you guys, uh, you're quite brave doing that, eh? I mean, uh, well, clearly you know what you're doing. We were just like, no. Yeah, yeah. those uh, those baboons down there are particularly bad. I mean, I think we've had experiences of baboons in the in the wild in Botswana and stuff like that. Even around the camps, they can be can be a challenge, but they're nothing like those guys down there. They those guys are completely the baboon thing in the Cape. While we talk about it, is is a human problem and not a baboon problem, right? It's because Absolutely. baboons get fed, and uh, they are big, and uh, they have massive teeth, and they're not afraid. Um, so once they get fed by people or dig in rubbish bins and so on, then the, the problem becomes really bad. So it's not that the baboons are, are shouldn't be there, but uh, that it should be better managed, uh, which is what happens up there, right? With those, like you say, no food, the contact is carefully managed um, and all of that. So it's not... Um, it's a good experience it's a, and it's a positive experience and it has a massive impact on the conservation and the survival of those, those primates, right? Absolutely. Although as a famous guide and mentor of mine once told me in Botswana, when referring to baboons, he said, how do you respect an animal that doesn't respect you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good point. <laughs> anyway, enough about the, the baboon and human relationship. It is an interesting dynamic when you work in tourism in wildlife areas, as we all know. Um, but uh, let's get on to the serious stuff and uh, this amazing experience that is primate trekking in East Africa. So strap yourself in and, uh, and, and enjoy it, Stooge. Thanks, man. Let's have some comments after the, the podcast. Cool. Yes, here we are officially starting Series 5. Now... Everyone tends to talk about 
gorilla trekking as just one of those bucket list things that people want to do in Africa. They just say, I really want to go gorilla trekking one day. But when it comes down to it, it's actually way more than gorilla trekking on its own. There are a whole load of different primate trekking experiences that you can do in East, Central and, and West Africa. In this episode, we're going to talk specifically about chimp trekking and gorilla trekking. And also, as you see, as we go along in this episode, chimp trekking for us is certainly one of the highlights. So when you talk about gorilla trekking, definitely chimp trekking should be right up there on your list as well. Now, there are many places in Africa that you can do really high quality primate trekking experiences. There are places in Central Africa, uh, Congo, both of those places are a little less accessible, as is Gabon. Uh, we can go and see the bonobos but most commonly Uganda, Rwanda and, and, and parts of West Tanzania are the most accessible. Before we get into this I actually want to play you some parts of this YouTube video that I remember watching many many years ago. It's actually one of the classic uh, African safari videos on YouTube that kind of went viral. Um, everyone remembers the buffalo hunts the lions, hunts the crocodiles in Kruger with its millions of hits. Um, but this one certainly did really well. And it was filmed by a tourist in Uganda when they went gorilla trekking in Bundi. And one of the nearby groups of gorillas, one of the habituated groups of gorillas that tourists would go and see, actually came through the camp where they were staying. And I've cut some extracts just have a listen um, as to how cool this is and uh, the link for this video is in the show notes you should definitely check it out oh no way john no way tell me what you're feeling now john the silverback is just behind you he sat he sat a meter behind you and there are three babies squashed between him and you. Females just behind you to your right. I just feel like one of the gang. Look at this little one. Touching your hair. A bit of pre it's, it's actually grooming. Here comes a female. That black, that black shirt of yours and the silverback. Now the little one's climbing up to get a closer look at your hair. He's on the, his back. He's got that piece, that stick out of there. Just pull the stick out. Coming forward with the, they're the lips, the lips. I just absolutely love this video for so many reasons. Firstly, just sitting here, um, hearing the sounds of the red-chested cuckoo calling and the, the forest noises uh, just fills me with that desire to be out traveling in Africa at the moment. And, and also when you watch the video, you just see that look 
on this guy's face um, as these gorillas are in his comfort zone, completely wild animals in his space. And the sheer joy you can see um, that is overwhelming him is just something that tells everything about some of the African travel experiences that you can have. I just love it. It also just encapsulates some of the incredible experiences you can have in Africa. I mean, obviously, these kind of experiences are are once in a thousand for travelers to to Africa, but there are lots of similar experiences that you can get yourself into when you go to Africa on, on any safari, whether it's sitting on a four-wheel drive, game drive vehicle in in Chobe, surrounded by a herd of elephants, um, all these just, just different kinds of things that where you're in a completely wild environment and totally immersed in the wilderness. And for me, when I saw this video, it just made me want to go gorilla trekking. I have to say, I did a bit of research on this video and it was hard to find out, but I believe this particular lodge um, was called Ichumbi Gorilla Lodge, which is in, in Bwindi. But as a marketeer, I would have been most saddened to see a video like this break the internet and not even have the name of my lodge mentioned in it, I'm sure their bookings would have gone off the charts if, um, if, if, only, if only this dear traveler were to mention the lodge that he was staying at. But nevertheless, such an epic video. One of the things that I think is so special about primate trekking experiences in East Africa is the incredible similarities these animals have to, to us as human beings. Um, and talking of similarities, chimpanzee trekking um, we absolutely highly recommend you do this as well as gorilla trekking. As far as similarities go, chimps share about 98% of our same DNA. And when it comes to the trekking experience that you have for them, and, and as we'll learn a little bit more in this podcast, really fascinating animals uh, to be around. In late May 2019 and early June, Julia and I headed off to Uganda and Rwanda for our pre-wedding honeymoon um, and we did this chimp trek in Kibali in Uganda and it was one of the best moments we had in Africa. Before we get into a little bit more information about the chimp trekking experience I want to play you the clip um, that I put together from our day out with the chimpanzees and once again the video will be linked in the bio but here's some sound extracts from it. One male. One male's gone off on his own to find another community. Just listening to that now gives me goosebumps. It was such an epic day. And I just love those experiences in Africa, which go way and above your expectations. And that was one of those days, you know, Julie and I just expected another day out in the forest and expected to see some chimps. Um, but we didn't know how much fun we would have on that day for so many reasons. And a big shout out to Bernard from Nziza Hospitality. He put this whole trip together for us in Uganda and Rwanda. He's a really lovely man. He has got great guides and contacts across the area. And he put together the perfect trip for us. And he's the man 
who said you've got to give this chimp habituation experience a go. So, so much to be grateful for for him and his work putting that trip together. We were those typical kind of clients that we wanted to do everything. Um, we were in the travel industry, so we wanted to see lots um, and also chill. And he put together the great trip. So his contact details um, as a ground handler in Uganda and Rwanda are in the show notes as well. And the man that was our ranger for that day was a gentleman by the name of Africano Cobb. And I managed to get hold of him. We've been in touch basically ever since our day out with him. Uh, he's a lovely guy and um, an exceptional guide and ranger. And I thought it would be great to have him on the show to answer a few of our questions about chimp trekking, also about gorilla trekking, because he knows a lot about that as well. And just to share a bit of the information that he's got. Hey, Africano. Hi, James. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Great. Ah, I can hear you well. That's a good signal. You're with some, some tourists. Uh, yes, I'm with some tourists, but now they're they at the lodge and I'm at the guest house where I, I, I take a night. Okay. And how was the gorilla trekking this morning? It was so successful. Yeah? Yeah, they tracked uh, a Binyanja group and uh, it's about 16 individuals and they, they saw all of them. Fantastic. Were they active or were they sleeping and eating leaves? Uh, active, active. Eating, moving, uh, resting, playing. Everything was uh, interesting. Wow, well done, man. How many, how many guests are you with at the moment? Uh, there are two guests. Oh, wow. Private safari with Africano. <laughs> no, we speak Uganda holidays. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with private guide Africano. I mean, come on. That's so cool. Yes, yes. Please. <laughs> Thank you. What nationality are they? Uh, they are US from Guatemala. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And first time for them to Uganda? Yes, first time to Uganda. Actually, first time to Africa. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. They must be absolutely blown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very happy. And uh, they are continuing to Tanzania. Then later they go to Seychelles. Wow, not a bad introduction to Africa. Ten days in Uganda with private guide Africano and then on to Tanzania and Seychelles. I can think of worse ways to do it. Anyway, we jumped around in our chat with Africano, but I started off by asking him specifically about chimp trekking and what the difference is between chimp trekking and a chimp habituation experience. Okay, great. Uh, chimpanzee tracking is, uh, is uh, normally, we call it a one-hour view uh, over to the chimpanzees. So uh, you live in the, more, the, the in the day we do uh, two shifts. Uh, we have AM uh, shift, uh, which is the morning shift. Then we have got PM shift, which is the afternoon shift. Uh, so uh, you arrive, then after the briefing, they, they give you the ranger. Then the ranger takes you uh, to the chimpanzees, but uh, you make a walk through the forest uh, and the ranger will be interpreting the rest of the uh, attractions that are on the way until you reach the chimpanzees. Then the habituation uh, exercise is uh, currently four hours uh, view with chimps. Uh, so you, you arrive early in the morning, uh, you start at 6.30 in the morning, then you get a briefing, then after that uh, you start heading to the forest. To the location where uh, they might uh, have left the chimps the previous night, and from there you start listening to the calls or you visit the tree that has got fruits uh, for the chimpanzees, and then finally you locate them. So when you arrive 
uh, to the chimpanzees, then uh, the four hours start counting. So when the four hours elapse, the guide will always add you some bonus time. Then after that, you start heading back out of the forest. Okay, so basically, in summary, a chimp trek will involve a walk out to the chimp locations, the group or the community. And when you locate those chimpanzees, you get to spend one hour maximum with them. These chimps are very habituated, so very comfortable and relaxed around human presence. And obviously, they're going to give you a much more up-close and personal experience with them than you would say in the habituation, which is exactly what Julia and I did. Um, it's a potentially much longer affair, as he said, um, as up to up to four hours with them you don't have to spend that long in the area um you'll obviously spend a little time finding them and yeah you can follow them move around sometimes they'll be a bit farther further away but it's a much longer experience and a little bit more unpredictable so obviously the big question is which one should you do so when you are on habituation, actually, it is one of the amazing activities in a way that uh, you go through the activities that the chimpanzees do in a day. So uh, the chimpanzees can be uh, actively busy feeding up in the tree. Then later they come down, they can either rest or they continue traveling as you follow them. Uh, looking at the behaviors and uh, different activities these guys do, so you have more time to learn more about chimpanzees and how uh, the chimpanzees are used to human from day one up to around uh, six years when they start getting used to, uh, to, to human. And uh, the ranger will always interpret every step until uh, the chimpanzees get used to human. The, 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 the chimpanzee tracking or habituation, of course, with nature, you know, the way that determines uh, the, the activeness of these chimpanzees and also uh, the weather determines whether it could be a good view or bad view in terms of uh, the day. You know, when it is a rainy day, uh, chimpanzees tend to keep up in the trees. Sometimes they even make a temporary nest uh, for day nap. When it is a cold day and uh, when it is raining, they stay up in the trees. That means uh, there are very uh, reduced chances uh, of seeing these chimpanzees uh, good and also of these chimpanzees coming to the ground and maybe rest you know the ground will be wet and cold uh, the chimpanzees may tend to keep up in the trees so there are a little bit reduced chances uh, of seeing the chimpanzees on ground and at a close view uh, during uh, rainy seasons so in a year we have got uh, two rainy seasons uh, that is uh, uh, mid-march april and may then September, October, and uh, part of November. So those are rainy uh, seasons uh, in Uganda. And that makes uh, chimpanzee tracking and habituation uh, a little bit challenging. Ideally, you would want to do both a chimp trek and a chimp habituation. But the most important thing, I think, to mention is the rainy season, because it, as much as we are such proponents of traveling um, all times of year in Africa, regardless of the season. It isn't a great time to go chimp trekking because when it's raining, like humans, the chimps don't like it and they're not exactly going to be hanging out with you. So from about mid-March to 
April, May and September, October and a part of November is the rainy season. Remember, shoulder seasons can be really epic. We went in late May, which is kind of the end of the rainy season. Yeah, we had a bit of rain, but we couldn't have had a better experience uh, with the primates. It was absolutely perfect. I wanted to ask Africano a little bit more about the habituation experience itself and, and what is the significance of it? Because when I first saw it on our itinerary, I actually thought it was something entirely different. I thought, I imagined the habituation was some sort of um, sanctuary or rehabilitation center for, for, for chimps or orphan chimps or something like that. So it's very important to understand what the habituation experience entails and what's the significance of it. The, the chimpanzee habituation uh, is an activity that uh, really needs a, a process, like from a wild uh, kind of group of chimpanzees to, to a more now used to the to people group of chimpanzees. So we do habituation uh, from the group that is wild, but later when it gets more used to people, then we change. We go to another uh, wild group because the experience is that uh, we want people to know how uh, a wild uh, chimpanzee can get used to, to human. So it is a, it is a, it is a package that really shows the guests the effort that the rangers uh, go through uh, to get these chimpanzees uh, used to human. And that's always uh, good that uh, if the guest can do uh, the two activities, the habituation experience, then the next day someone does also the chimpanzee tracking. So, yeah, I think, I do think there is a tendency when we're planning these things to overthink it, whether it's better to do the trekking and then the habituation or vice versa. But I don't really think it matters. As long as you love being out there in nature and in the forest and being around these amazing animals, um, either or has their advantages. And sometimes the slots or the permits that are available will govern in which order you do it. So um, it's no point in getting your heart set on one thing or the other. I think the beauty of the habituation is that you're actually really contributing to help new groups get accustomed to being around travelers. You're effectively habituating new chimps that will ultimately become uh, groups and families that will be hosting the gorilla trek. And as we know, the tourism has helped so much in the conservation of these primates. It's given them an exceptional value and you know really getting to a point now where bringing new areas of forest and new populations of primates is really going to help there are about 150 to 250,000 chimps in Africa depending on which data you use in terms of numbers Uganda is home to about 5,000 chimps Probably about 1,500 of them are in Kibali itself. Uh, Kibali is generally considered as one of the best places for chimp trekking in Africa. Now, apart from the obvious differences between chimps and gorillas, I wanted to ask Africano his perspective on the differences between these animal behaviors and obviously how that affects your experience tracking with them the chimps are really very uh, active 
than the gorillas. You know, uh, teams move a lot. Actually, in a day, they can cover between 8 and 13 kilometers, uh, which is more like exercising. But when you compare with uh, the gorillas, they don't move a lot. So uh, when you arrive in the area, they can just, just move about to a kilometer, to, to about three kilometers, just within. So it's more interesting with the chimpanzees in a way that you exercise more according to the movements of the chimps. Then uh, with, uh, when you compare the chimps and the gorillas, uh, the chimps are being more of uh, omnivorous. Uh, they forage on more of the food, like uh, fruits, uh, uh, leaves, uh, bark of trees, insects, you know, eggs of the animal, other birds. Some Once in a while they go hunting the monkeys for meat, and their favorite monkeys, uh, red colobus monkeys and uh, black and white colobus, uh, being easy to catch. But uh, when you compare now to the gorillas, they are more vegetarian. Uh, the chimpanzees live more in a community. Community, that means... There are more individuals in a group and uh, the males do share the females. But uh, when you compare now the gorillas, they move, they live more in a family. Just a few individuals with the alpha male, I mean the silverback. So uh, it's also more interesting that uh, in chimps, you see different behavior uh, displayed uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the hierarchy. About seven uh, high-ranked uh, high high males uh, being respected by the rest of the individuals, uh, how the females, uh, I mean, like, uh, show respect to the big males, uh, how the big males themselves uh, always have that bond, like in terms of grooming and, uh, you know, uh, that kind of respect for each other. The smaller grooms the bigger first, then later in return, the bigger can also groom the smaller. When you go to the gorillas, it's a, a different behavior in a way that uh, the females uh, keep with the, uh, with the silverback. Then it is the, it is the male who grows bigger that he has to live uh, and find his, own, his other uh, females who would uh, join him at some point or fight and split the group. We have uh, seen uh, gorilla groups splitting into two because of the fighting silverbacks. So one wins the fight and takes uh, half of the group and also the other one, the loser, also may take some other females. And uh, that is a little bit not common with chimps. Actually, I've, never, I've not seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's another reason why the gorilla trekking or gorilla habituation experience, once you're with them, it's a much more static experience. They're generally chilling, munching on leaves. Of course, there's often a, a bit of dynamics with the gorillas, um, sometimes the silverbacks a little aggressive and chasing some of the the group around and of course the young gorillas are always the most entertaining to watch them play and fumble about in the forest but as you heard from from africano chimps you can get anything on an experience with them from them hanging out on the ground relaxed and foraging for flowers and fruits to a full-blown hunt up in the trees uh, you know, chasing colobus monkeys, um, which would be such an epic thing to see. I, um, we didn't see that, but I've chatted to a few people who've experienced that on a chimp trek, and that is really lucky. So, yeah, um, a lot more unpredictable what you're going to get with chimps, but makes it really exciting. I already mentioned that we did the chimp trekking in Kibali, but a lot of people ask, you know, where, where is the best place to, to go chimp trekking? We have got uh, about uh, 
four places in Uganda where you can do uh, chimpanzee tracking, but the best place where you have 90% chances of, of seeing the chimpanzees, uh, that is Kibale National Park. Nine years of being a ranger in Kibale, Africana is definitely chimp crazy man. You can also go chimp trekking in Tanzania, in Western Tanzania, in a place called Mahali, um, which is said to be a really cool experience. Um, also places in Rwanda and Kenya, but definitely very, very good in Kibali. I also asked Africano about gorillas and the best places to go and see gorillas. Buindi, Buindi National Park has got uh, four tracking uh, sectors of gorillas. And uh, Bohoma being the, the mother of all, then uh, Bohoma is the best Bohoma gorilla tracking sector. They have the first gorilla habituated family. Uh, so, uh, Bohoma is the best. Bohoma Gorilla Tracking Sector. Bwindi in Uganda is an epic place to see gorillas. And as he says, it's really accessible. And one of the first ever habituated families of gorilla come from Bwindi. And what a cool name for a place. Bwindi Impenetrable Forest. Um, but you can penetrate it though. Um, and it's a lot of fun gorilla trekking there. Smashing your way through the, the undergrowth. And a few things you should know actually about gorilla trekking. Jules and I absolutely love hiking and trekking, um, especially me always dragging her on these long trips. And at one point I was really worried that our gorilla trek was going to be a very simple stroll because we actually spoke to a family at the lodge we were staying at. And the day before the family of gorillas were right on the edge of the windy uh, penetrable forest. So they literally walked down the hill for an hour, had their time with the gorillas and came back. So I was quite disappointed because I really envisaged a, a nice long trek through the forest to get there. Um, but actually, as it happened, they did end up being moving quite a long distance. So we ended up crossing streams and clambering up uh, muddy tracks. Um, they give you a lot of gear and it, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, just being in the presence of these gorillas, such a formidable animal and, you know, pretty much on the verge of extinction, to see them thriving so well in a place like Bwindi is so encouraging. So about half the world's remaining gorillas are there between Virunga National Park and Bwindi. And you have to remember that there is an incredible value on a gorilla trekking experience because of the sheer exclusiveness on, of it and how you know precious their survival is. Interestingly, Rwanda made the decision to hike up their gorilla trekking permits to about $1,500 per person per day. I believe Uganda is still well under $1,000. So pretty much like for like experience, but you'll pay a lot more in Rwanda. You can also see gorillas in the Central African Republic and in Congo. Um, it's a little bit more exotic there and expensive getting there, but certainly a place I would love to go. Um, there's a place called uh, the Sanga Conservation Area in Central African Republic, and that's where you can go and see lowland gorillas, um, as well as other incredibly unique wildlife. Um, that's just one of the places I can't wait to go. So there you have it, um, our little insights into our tips for the gorillas in East Africa. And that's to do the chimps. I'm just, just kidding. 
obviously you have to do the gorillas and it's insanely good but i hope the biggest takeaway from this podcast is so that you understand that it's much more than just gorillas um, it's about the whole primate trekking experiences that you can have out there when you're there bolster up your treks with extra time be it a habituation with the gorillas as well as a gorilla trek or buy one of those permits that allows you for a small amount more do two gorilla trekking experiences because each day is completely different and you really don't want to make it a once in a lifetime thing where you've got one shot at it and talking of other primate trekking experiences we also did the golden monkey trekking in rwanda and completely exceeded my expectations wonderful little animals and also critically endangered so if you go out and do a, a golden monkey trek that is another wonderful way to help the conservation of these animals and yeah they're much more smaller much more like i suppose the vervet monkeys that you get in southern africa but completely wild and comfortable in the presence of humans and this is what i love about it it's it's as it should be in a wild experience as it should be and right at the end the golden monkeys came and walked ar around the grass where we were really provided a, an amazing experience so the golden monkey is definitely worth doing when you're doing your primate trekking experiences so there you have it and i really want to thank africano um, for giving us his time while he was out on safari a lovely guy and if you want to get in touch with him he works for a company called speak uganda holidays their company website is in the show notes and yeah you can get in touch with them and request africano to be your guide and like i said at the beginning a huge shout out to bernard from nziza hospitality for his guidance and putting together such an epic trip as we put together these notes for the podcast one of the best places I have to mention is Cloud's Mountain Gorilla Lodge in Bwindi. Wow, that was such a beautiful place. It's right next to Bwindi. So to do the gorilla trekking, you can literally walk from the lodge. And sitting there with a very cold Nile lager and overlook these beautiful hills across into Congo as they changed color over the sunset. And I have to say, such a cute lodge and a very nice location that was one of the highlights there you have it primate trekking in east africa you've got to do it we loved it welcome back stuart <laughs> <laughs> an enlightening experience i think the most important thing we need to talk about um, from your perspective james is um the chimps right because it clearly was an experience for you that stood out almost more than the gorillas is that Good. fair to say could you tell from the podcast? It just came up once or twice, I think. You know, not a... <laughs> and our gorilla trekking tips for this episode are do the chimps. Yeah. <laughs> that chimp that you saw in the, um, in the video, um, his, name, his name is Kapara. So he's the one that basically when we went on the, on the trek, when, when we found the the, the community of, of chimps, they were up in the tree and they were, they were quite far away. And so we just hang around there, did a bit of bird watching, had a sandwich. And then there was a bit of movement and a few dynamics. And Kipara, who is this one particular male chimp who climbed down the tree and then 
went off on his own. He was like, I'm done with these guys. I want to go and hang out for a Sunday on my own. And so off he went. And uh, that's when Africano, the guide, said, let's follow him, you know, because that's what the habituation is all about, you know, staying with them and keeping them accustomed to humans and all that kind of thing. And that was when that was the highlight of our day followed him. Um, he stopped, sat by a tree. We maintained a good distance. And being a, a 37-year-old chimp, which turns out is exactly the same age as me, or at the time, and Kipara means bald. So, um, so you guys are like, you're like brothers, brothers, man. We are yeah? brothers. We're basically brothers. Like twins. I know. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it was particularly, uh, I, I formed a very special bond um, with Kapara. You could tell he was a good-looking, intelligent chimp from those videos, I'm sure, right? Yeah, 100%. I think what's really cool is the the difference in that habituation experience versus just a walk, right? Yeah. And just the normal, and I think the importance of it. And And I mean, I think, you know, you and I, we are both, we're nature lovers, so we understand that, you can't craft these things. And often people only have one chance. And that's where it sounds like the habituation is you kind of get a lot more time um, overall to kind of enjoy the adventure and the experience, right? You've got a limited one hour window when you do the, the actual gorilla trekking or, or, or chimp trekking. To have maximum four hours, um, you don't have to spend all that time. Yeah. To spend with the animals and walking around and following them. It's it's brilliant trekking through the forest and 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 following um, Kipara and just going about our mission. And we completely, Jules and I went completely off on our own with Africana. We lost the other group, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we just followed him. God knows, mate. You know, when you're in the rainforest, these guys, these rangers, know their their way around. But we were tracking through with machetes into the middle of Kibali. And yeah. It was just so fun. And then eventually we lost him. Had another sandwich, just sat out with, hang out with Africano. And then an almighty uh, rainforest type thunderstorm um, just hit us. It was just, it was just so much fun. That's amazing. That habituation experience is, is really what you want. You want that full package. You want to be going through the forest um, kind of a bit more in, in the wilder side of it, um, the unpredictability, and then just taking on that whole kind of experience. I think it was the highlight of Jules and I's trip out there. But yeah, gorilla is obviously the iconic primate. What is so phenomenal about them is their size and their presence. What did you think of that video of that guy on YouTube um, in Bundy? That video is like, that is that the gorilla experience that people talk about, like that you just, you suddenly realize like how small you are in that space, right? Because you just got this massive gorilla sitting behind you kind of, checking you out while the little ones just play around you know it's quite uh yeah that must have been a uh, how that guy sat there so calm i don't know i think you got to, yeah i think to to just sit there like that and just know that this because the commentary from his mate is like yeah you know he's like painting this picture it's right behind you you know it's like <laughs> the guy the perk's too scared to turn around and look um yeah yeah i think yeah. i would be too <laughs> you know i hear like lots of stories about people like just being completely overwhelmed in the moment with them um mm. and i can completely understand how that how that happens mm -hmm. brilliant yeah when we did yeah. the gorilla trekking it was um they were quite relaxed and then there was a moment where um i think one of the youngsters was wondering a little bit too close for us for what the mother felt and so the mother just came like from behind a tree and just made this grunting and like grabbed the youngster and we all shat ourselves <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i can like, imagine it was, you know like 
250 kilogram pile of gorilla angry mother that is the beauty of these primate experiences as being in the wild with truly mm. wild groups of animals that have this sort of remarkable likeness to us as humans and and the fact that they have been on the brink of extinction and um, by doing these tourist experiences we're providing exceptional value of them so uh, all, all in all, you know, really, really great. You guys chatted a lot about the time of the year, which is really important. Um, I think fitness is one that needs to be highlighted, right? It's not a, it's not a little walk on a, on a game, on an open game track. You know, it sounds like, especially the situation, you kind of, it's serious forest tracking on, on steep mountain slopes. Um, so yeah, that's quite important, right? Yep, definitely. Um, I, I did mention that I really wanted to, trek a lot because mm -hmm. you know that's my thing but obviously there's a lot of people out there who not so fit or maybe have knee replacements and stuff like that and um, there are different treks which have groups which are a bit more accessible okay every day is unpredictable so um, you know because the animals move so you can't guarantee exactly where they are but just speak to your tour operator or organizer and there, there are particular hikes in Rwanda and Uganda, which will are surely going to be a little bit closer. You do need to have a good level of fitness. But uh, ever heard of the African helicopter? Like the normal helicopter? <laughs> no. The African <laughs> helicopter. No. <laughs> you know, if you're not able to walk, uh, if you're in a wheelchair or something, you uh, can go and see the gorillas and um, they will take you down. They will literally carry you. Um, you get a team of eight. They'll carry you like the Pope, um, basically, um, on their shoulders and take it in shifts and bring you to where you've got to be. So um, they can do it. Never think for one moment that it's, you're not fit enough or strong enough. There are ways and means. Yeah, that's really important. So I think what the takeaway is that if you're not super fit, don't like write it off completely, but plan accordingly, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to your agent, book it, book it with a reputable agent like you, like you recommended, and communicate with them because mm -hmm. when you're on the ground, you want to make sure that they've got all the information that they need about what the challenges are, whatever. And then these guys are incredible at making things happen, right? Just for the benefit of those who zoned out during the podcast and are just uh, uh, enthralled by our, our post-podcast chat is the rainy season is um, October, November and a bit of early December and um, March, April, May. And those are the times of year, particularly for chimp tracking, which is tra challenging because the chimps will be up in the trees. Gorillas, a little less so um, because, you know, they're, they're easier to find and they, they, they don't climb, climb up the trees. But um, yeah, and the shoulder seasons are, are good as well. It's a good time to go when the tourist season is not at its peak and uh, you, can, you can still get good viewing. Like we said several times, and that is the mantra for inspiring African travel, is don't just book a one-off thing, you know, book two gorilla treks and a chimp trek or a gorilla trek and a gorilla habituation and a chimp, you know, the more the merrier. And, and the golden monkeys we did was in Rwanda was uh, brilliant. What we should be saying is that uh, you should be planning a primate safari there and not a gorilla tracking experience because there's there's at least three different uh, experiences that are really awesome and well worth kind of combining into a complete kind of uh, safari, right? 
Couldn't agree with you more. Yep. I think that's the best way to finish off this episode is make it a primate experience. And then you combine all the other wonderful things there are to do in places like Rwanda and Uganda. Thanks for your input, Stu. And yeah, uh, thanks, man. of course, Jules. And, um, and yeah, what's, what's up next? Is it Kilimanjaro or are we going to go to the salt pans? I think we should do salt pans. Let's, let's go. Let's go down to Botswana and then we'll go back up into Kilimanjaro, right? Yeah, and it is a wonderful time to do the the Makhadi mm. Khadi salt pan sleep out now um, as it gets dry and the pans have dried up. But mm. we'll get into that more soon. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, mate. Thanks, man. Yeah, good to catch up, man. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Copy nice later. Yeah, have a goodie. Cheers, bro. Ciao.